once again, once again. We're back. Episode four. I liked episode three a lot outside of our little issue with sound, the little white noise issue. But uh, yeah, we're back again. Jake Asai, Mark Figueroa. Another great week of content. This is definitely not the off season. Uh, it has been a booming year for tennis on and off the court. And um, we got a lot of things to cover, man. Where should we start today, Mark? We'll start with the women. Uh, Carolina Pliskova. She won the Italian Open. Congratulations to her. I actually like her. Yes, the big, big news was, uh, I believe it was the quarterfinals. The main event of the, the big uh, match to mm. see where Osaka was really at. Mm. Osaka versus Kiki Burtons. Kiki Burtons won Madrid. Mm. And she's the hottest player on tour right now. Mm. Osaka, I believe she wakes up with a hand injury. Mm-hmm. So she pulls out. So she didn't want to play. I don't know, dude. To me, it's it's, it's a little suspect to me. That's extremely suspect. I don't know. I We're don't starting know. to hear more about her mental instability, uh, her streaky performances, that the lack of consistency in her team around her. Which all kind of come back comes back to her. Um, I think she didn't want to have that spotlight shed on her losing this match with all that pressure. Um, there's only been a few instances where I actually believed an athlete when they said, you know, oh, you know, I just I don't feel it. You know, I got hurt at at home. These are these are resilient bodies. You know, these people that we watch. These are the top of the line athletes. They don't just wake up with a hurt hand. You know, these are very fit people. I don't believe her. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with her, mm. but she will be the number one seed at the French Open. Halep lost earlier, I believe. So mm. she is guaranteed the number one seed. And okay. that's what she really wanted. Yeah. So she'll go into the French as the number one seed, and there's no waking up with the hurt hand at the French Open. Right. So um, what's your predictions for her? Seeing, seeing the clay run she's had, what are you thinking? The way she's played, I don't think she's getting far. Maybe a... Uh, quarter if her uh, draw is weak enough yeah if her draw is weak enough obviously the favorites are Halep Simona Halep Mm -hmm. she's the current French Open champion yeah Uh, the lady I just mentioned Kiki Burtons Mm -hmm. the Madrid Open champion Mm -hmm. and uh, you could add uh, Pliskova who just won Italy you can probably tell me more uh, about Pliskova who is that she's a top tenner Mm -hmm. um She's very tall, mm-hmm. big forehand, big serve. Mm-hmm. Her problem is movement, so she can be Which exposed. Which is very weird that she won a clay tournament because, yes. yeah, that sounds a lot like the Sharapova syndrome of, you know, big, long body, poor mover, great ball striker. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed that she took a clay tournament already, but that's also a good sign of, you know, her performing. She's got momentum behind her now, strong mentality, high morale. All right, Pliskova. Yes. Last year, I believe it was last year, she led the WTA in serves, uh, aces. Oh, really? So she has a big serve, and okay. she has the big weapons. Mm-hmm. But again, the movement. But we'll see. As you just stated, she won Italy with that lack of movement. So yeah. she should do well. If, you're, if your shots are big enough, maybe you don't need to move as well. Yes. So uh, do we have anyone returning for the French, is anyone making their comeback at the French Open this year? No, uh, Serena played in Italy, okay. so she is scheduled to play there. 
Okay. And uh, that's pretty much it, the scheduling was. And Azarenka, uh, uh, Azarenka mm. won doubles. Okay. Um, she, as we know from a couple of episodes ago, mm-hmm. she had the problem with the kid mm-hmm. and she couldn't travel outside the United States. Her mm-hmm. uh, singles ranking dropped because of that. And now uh, she's back. As we stated, she beat Svitolina, who was the defending champion last year in yeah. the first round. And she won a doubles title, which is good. She has a yeah. little momentum here and there. Right. Uh, she may be in the top 30, I believe, for mm-hmm. the French Open. So uh, just adding a new player that can make some noise will be good. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, good for her. I'm looking forward to that. Any other news with the ladies? That's that's pretty much it for the ladies. All right, man. Talk to me. What, what else is going on in the world of tennis? First off, I want to continue on certain things that I missed last week. Okay. Um, Kyrgios, when we, and we know who Kyrgios is, the Australian kid, the, yeah. the bad boy at tennis. Mm. Um, while he was bad-mouthing Djokovic, he said that um, if he plays him again and beats him, he wants to do that celebration that Djokovic does in his face. I saw that. I did see that. Yes. He wants to raise the hands right. up and right. beg for satisfaction Correct. from the fans. And uh, I thought that was pretty funny. I missed it last week, but mm. uh, I just thought that was funny to add in. Yeah, um, I listened to the interview after yes. you told me about it. Right. And he did talk about Federer as well. Mm-hmm. Federer is the, the best player considerably of all time, 20 yeah. Grand Slams. Um, he said that a lot of the young guns fear Federer. Mm-hmm. before they step onto the court with him mm-hmm. and they need to stop that they need to they need to respect him but not too much respect to where it affects their games yeah and he stated he's just a man with a racket mm-hmm. just go out and play yeah if you go out with a bulldog mentality you can win mm-hmm. so i thought that was a pretty interesting comment as well yeah i also did see him say that fetter is the most influential of the big three and right. that's what makes him also the real greatest player even if his slam record is surpassed he said that parts of his game you know his trickery his cool finesse and touch shots they're influenced from Federer. and he said even players like shapovalov dimitrov Sisipa. All of your favorite up-and-coming players right now, their game is in one way or another modified or, you know, influenced by Federer. Right. And I was like, you know what? I think that outside of Felix, most of the up-and-comers that we really see doing great things, they've surprisingly modeled their game after the most difficult one to emulate. And that's what Kyrgios was stating. A lot of players emulate their game uh, copying Federer. Yeah. And... Which is good. Yeah. And it's just funny. I think Fed's game is the least modernized of the big three. I think that Djokovic has the most resilient and easy to emulate game that is successful. He plays great defense. He turns defense to offense. He has a lot of spinnier swings, more extreme grip, I guess you could say. Right. Uh, Federer is doing a lot of ball striking, a lot of difficult touch shots. He's relying a lot more on hitting lines and coming forward. That is not what modern tennis was five years ago, you know, so it's crazy to see that, you know, these guys that were watching break into the top 20 when they were watching Fed, it was probably around the time Fed was starting to lose, you know, right. and they still chose to model his game into there. So and curious also stated that Federer has one of the best uh, slice backhands on tour 
and that he tries to emulate it. So mm. I thought that was a pretty cool statement as well. Right. Now, um, Wimbledon um, Court 1, I believe, just opened up their roof. Mm. And uh, they opened it up this week. They had an exhibition game with uh, Martina Navratilova mm. and uh, McEnroe and mm. Kim Kleisters. So expect to see a roof on uh, Wimbledon because there's a lot of rain at that time. Mm. So uh, a lot oh, of uh, you know who else is up. back? Sloane Stevens. Right. I forgot to you mention forgot that. Mention her. Yes. Yeah. She's back too. So um, that 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 was pretty cool too as well. Yeah. Now going back to the big thing. Djokovic had a pretty big week this week as the ATP mm. uh, president, the, the council, sorry. Mm. Um, the ATP council decided who they were going to pick. They, they got it nominated to two people mm. and it, that name was going to be revealed at Wimbledon. Mm. So that was one thing. The second thing was uh, being asked about Kyrgios. We'll get to that a little later. Okay. And this is the big thing right here. He was asked about Federer's schedule. Mm. Federer asked to play on Wednesday. Mm. Djokovic played on Wednesday as well because he won Madrid. Mm. So he was upset. You can tell he didn't say anything, but you can tell that he was upset that Federer didn't play Tuesday. He had mm. the whole week off and decided to play Wednesday. Now that messes up the schedule a lot. Because mm -hmm. Federer and Djokovic are on different side of the brackets. Yeah. It rained Wednesday as well. Mm -hmm. So Thursday was just backed up. Yeah. With the singles on both halves, women's singles, doubles, mm -hmm. uh, men's doubles. He was just infuriated. Mm -hmm. He said uh, in an interview, he said, well, I don't know his schedule. I don't know uh, how what he has in with the owner. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't really concern me. I do think that. Some of the top seeds should have played Tuesday to mm -hmm. make more space for the other half of the draw. And I think that is pretty unfair, but he's going to do what he's going to do. Mm. So obviously he is a little irritated that they're showing so. better this amount of respect, mm -hmm. but he needs to get used to it because a lot of tournaments show better disrespect. Yeah. All this respect. Yeah. Federer is the biggest ticket seller in tennis. Potentially, depending on who he's playing against, I guess. And um, he's the diplomat. You know, a lot of people show a lot of love and bias towards him. Is that fair? Not really. But as an athlete who has to perform every day, you don't want to let that get to you either. So um, I side with Djokovic on this. Uh, Fed should have played on Tuesday. But also on the flip side, I want to advise Djokovic, you know, just don't take it personal and, you know, go out there and just win, you know. That goes back to Kyrgios' comment of the whole uh, trying to be liked type thing. Yeah. But he just needs to let it go. He's the number one seed right now. Number one player in the world. He needs to just accept that some people take to other people more than others, you know. He tried to be diplomatic about it, but mm. you can tell he was irritated about it. Say so, it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's exactly what Kyrgios said. Yeah. He said he tries to say what people want to hear, not mm. what he's thinking. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. And now the big fallout. Nick Kyrgios mm -hmm. we all know what happened in this match mm -hmm. um, he ended up throwing a chair he threw a chair had a meltdown, had tell, a meltdown. tell him what happened tell him what happened yes uh, he threw a chair Yeah. Uh, he got a point penalty for that mm -hmm. then he was on serve and there was a lot of people walking around making noise mm -hmm. he got upset at that because the chair didn't do anything about it didn't say okay 
uh, sit down because you hear the chair saying, okay, people are ready to serve. Please, thank you. I don't mm-hmm. know if you hear that or not. Yeah, civil play. He didn't do that. The chair mm-hmm. umpire didn't do that. And Kyrgios was livid. Mm-hmm. So he just picked up his bag and walked out. That's crazy. That's childish. That is. Uh, Kyrgios, as much as I enjoy the antics and the entertainment and the frustrations he goes through and his opinionated statements, there does there is a line that you can cross. And um, bailing out on your own match that you're up in, you know, potential to give you a better draw at the French and, you know, all these things, and you have that meltdown over something so insignificant, you're playing for the public. You're playing for television. You're in a spectator sport. You're a professional. These things are gonna happen. It's gonna happen. There's gonna be that idiot old lady who didn't know she sat. She didn't know she was in aisle twelve, not forty. And you know these things are gonna happen. People will be standing while you serve. People will heckle you during your games. Some crowds might even hate you. It's just part of sports. You know, once you get to an elite level, that's why you get paid millions of dollars because even people who don't like you pay to see you play. So. I think that he needs to toughen it up a little bit in that aspect. And I think he knows it too. Um, I think that uh, I saw him post on Instagram, you know, maybe I overreacted a little, you know, you know, just a little, a little backpedaling he did of, you know, hopefully I have a better day today. I definitely didn't have one of my best days yesterday, which is him saying, look, I was a little childish, you know, but I'm not going to apologize. I'm just going to acknowledge it. So now, now, uh, um, he had the big fallout was the comments that he made the day before mm. about Nadal, Djokovic. And I'm actually surprised about this. He actually has more beef with Djokovic than with Nadal. He does. He does. I'm actually surprised about that because mm. he's always uh, talking about Nadal saying, well, why are you salty? Yeah. And I, I never thought that he had a beef with Djokovic this badly. Mm. But um, a lot of people, uh, analysts on TV, Facebook posts, mm. even players, wanted his head now i think that's a little unfair as well mm-hmm. because look at djokovic in the final i don't mm-hmm. know if you watched the final he slammed his racket he broke his racket mm-hmm. did not get a point penalty mm-hmm. then on serve in the third set as you know you're supposed to hit the ball on the ground to the ball kids mm-hmm. he hit the ball over his head in the air and it almost popped a ball kid. Now, it landed on the side, mm. but nobody did anything about it. Mm. Uh, Carlos Bernardes, he's the, he was the umpire. We'll get to him a little later as well. Mm. He did not give Djokovic a point deduction, nothing. So I understand Kyrgios broke his racket. As soon yeah. as he broke it, point deduction. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. Yeah, once again, it's the bias of... The sports, you know, it's those favored over those who are less favored. The same way Djokovic feels negatively about the way Federer gets treated, you know, maybe politically with tournaments, he gets treated better than a lot of athletes himself. And I don't think he realizes it. You know, uh, Djokovic has a history of outbursts. He has a history of breaking rackets. He has a history of quitting matches. He has a history of mocking people. And um, he doesn't have a history of point penalties, you know. People are treated differently in the professional sport, for sure. Um, Kyrgios is definitely one of those people, I think, that umpires, they have an eyeball, and they're looking for that opportunity to deal out that point penalty. They expect to do it when he plays. 
So I understand Kyrios. He can be childish at point, mm-hmm. but this is as political as I'm going to get. Uh, people need to calm down. He's mm-hmm. a professional athlete. They don't know what he's going through at that time because they mm-hmm. haven't competed at that level. Yeah. So some people just need to chill out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's under a lot of scrutiny. And uh, I understand all these people saying, well, he's bad for uh, the kids. He's not a good role model. Uh, let's call a spade a spade. Is he really there to be a role model? No. No. He's there to play sports. Yeah. So I understand. But if you don't want to support him, mm. don't buy his tickets. Yeah. If he's on TV, don't watch him. It's mm. that simple. These people just need to calm down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, this was the funny part. Jasper Judd, I believe was his name, the guy that uh, Kyrgios uh, uh, quit on. Mm-hmm. He went on saying he's been giving too many um, chances. Mm-hmm. You need to ban him for six months. A lot of the players were talking about that and mm-hmm. the analysts were saying that he needed to be banned for six months. And uh, he was saying that Jasper Judd uh, guy, he's been giving too many chances and off, off with his head. Mm-hmm. This guy... He's top 60 in the world, but mm. who the heck is this guy to speak? Yeah. I don't know who that guy is. I don't either. Yeah. Okay. I understand. Kyrgios in a match in 2015-16, he claimed that he was going to the bathroom and never mm. came back. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. I understand then. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. he got he got fined $37,500 for mm. what he did. Mm-hmm. He lost the points that he earned in Italy. Mm. He, as a top player, you get paid uh, hospitality. Mm. He he had to pay the hospitality out of his own money. Mm. Don't you think that's enough? Yeah. Or do you really think that he needs to be suspended for six months just for throwing the chair? Not for quitting a match, no. Now, if he had a prior conviction or probation, that's fine. But here, I don't think he did enough. Yeah. And Federer... They asked him after he won his uh, match with Chorch, which is an amazing match. You can just see the uh, roar of the crowd and everything. They have a rivalry secretly. There's a rivalry. Oh, they have wars. Chorch excels against Federer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chorch plays him hard. Yeah. And it was a very hard match again. And Chorch had two match points. Mm-hmm. Not surprised. Federer escaped him, mm-hmm. and you can tell how pumped he was when he won that match. Yeah. I mean, he almost did a Djokovic, the whole ripping the shirt type <laughs> thing. That's how pumped he was. Yeah. So He knows. He knows. Yeah. He knows. But going back to the comment, Federer said, what did he do? Did he hurt the chair? Mm. Uh, hope the chair is okay. Mm. I don't think he deserves a six-month probation for what he did. Mm. Now, if he has a prior one, okay, fine. I don't know whether he does or not, but if he does, okay, fine. But for this instance, I don't think he should get suspended. Yeah. That's coming from a person that is square, yeah. quote unquote. And he, as soon as somebody does something wrong in the sport, he, he'll say something. Yeah. And if he thinks that this is no big deal, it shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. Federer doesn't have a horse in the race in this situation. You know, like he has no bias, so... Now, Djokovic was asked about this. Mm. Here was the chance that Djokovic had to combat Kyrgios. Mm. He did not deliver. (laughs) He said, I haven't seen the tape. I have nothing to say. We'll allow the ATP council, the other players, to decide his fate. 
come on, Djokovic. Oh, man. man, he just he just bagged on you the day before. Why don't you say something? Novak diplomat. Man, I was disappointed on that. What what should Djokovic have said? What do you think? He was being diplomatic, of yeah. course, but he should have at least said, "Okay, fine. I'll look at the tape." see how many convictions he's had mm. if he's on probation and then we'll go accordingly. Yeah. That would be also political as well, addressing the problem. Yeah. Instead he says we'll let somebody else do it. Yeah. That's disappointing, Novak. It's disappointing because I know Novak is genuinely an opinionated person. And Jovak is a person with emotions. I don't feel that way about Nadal as much. I don't think that Nadal is as outspoken and opinionated so much as Nadal's a more simplistic guy out of the big three. Nadal is a fiery, you could tell just by the way he plays an opponent how he feels about them kind of guy. You know, Nadal came out to Rome with a chip on his shoulder and, you know, he's a simplistic guy, read, readable. And if he doesn't like someone, I, I don't think he respects the sport. I don't think he respects himself kind of guy. You know, Novak is hiding something. You know, he's less transparent. That's the word I want to say. Nadal is the most transparent of the big three. Novak is the least transparent. Federer has a way of being less transparent, but having a way with words that if you read between the lines, you know if he likes you or not. Right. We can clearly tell Federer does kind of like Kyrgios. And that might have to do partially with Kyrgios praising him. Why wouldn't he? But... We can't tell with Novak because he's afraid to be more transparent. He won't even let us read between the lines. So Now, as far as Kyrgios is concerned, maybe in a couple of weeks we'll find out the fallout, whether or not he will be suspended or not. Yeah. But for now, as I stated, $37,500. And he lost the points in Italy, which mm-hmm. will most likely push him out of the 32. Mm-hmm. And he will not be seated. Mm-hmm. So he will be a dangerous floater. So we'll find out what happens. He may face Nadal in the third round. You never know. Djokovic in the first. (sighs) Djokovic in the first. Maybe he'll do the (laughs) celebration thing. You never know. Yep. So we'll see what happens. Now, I mentioned Carlos Bernardes. He is a uh, chair umpire. Not liked at Mm. all by especially Nadal. Mm. Now, in Federer's match with Chorich, Federer tweaked his knee mm-hmm. and he stubbed his his toe, mm. and uh, he said he had a little bit of pain in the match. Mm-hmm. Now he could have competed the match later after, mm-hmm. but he decided to he uh, um, retired yeah. and stepped out. Now he was complaining that the court was wet, the lines were wet, and that's how he stubbed his toe. Mm. He also was complaining that the back of the court was uneven Mm. so he was having problems sliding Mm. now it started to rain a little bit and um he wanted carlos bernardes the chair umpire to say something about it to say okay let's fix this stuff but instead he pulls the players over and says okay what do you guys think do you guys want to play or not Mm. better went to the press interview saying that's sort of messed up. You're the chair umpire. Why don't mm. you decide? We're in yeah. front of 10,000 rowdy people who wants to play. Obviously, I'm going to feel obligated to play. Yeah. So you're putting a lot of pressure on me. Yeah. You're the chair umpire. You decide. Yeah. So That's the transparency I'm talking about. Right. You know? Exactly. So he got upset about that. 
And as I stated earlier, he did complain about a little uh, tweak in the leg. Mm-hmm. But knowing Federer, he could have played on. Oh, but, for sure. Yeah. For sure. In my opinion, he just decided, okay, I played uh, two matches. The second match was a war. I got my feet wet, and now I'm good. I'm yeah. ready to go to the French Open. Yeah, especially because his next match was another war with another young guy with his number, Pa. Right. So Fed made the right call. Fed was not going to win Rome, period. No. He was not going to win Rome. Um, and why Why put any more burden on your body? You played a doubleheader, successfully won both matches, we, you've established that you are clay court ready to compete with people when there's something on the line. You did what you're supposed to do already. Let's go into your last French Open playing your best tennis. I think he made the right decision. I think that being 37 and having the most slams in history is the reason he's going to get away with that decision. I think that if any other athlete makes that decision, we get upset about it. But, you know, this is that higher level of uh treatment that he gets you know he gets biased for being who he is and for never quitting a match the first decade of his career and stuff like that so yeah uh he made the right call i support it right and now going on to the final between nadal and Djokovic, carlos bernardes was selected to ump that match (laughs) now i'm surprised because nadal ever since 2016 has said i do not want this guy umpiring my uh matches period Mm. he penalizes me way too quick Mm. every time i serve it's 29 25 seconds he's already giving me a point deduction Mm. which he did in this match as well by the way (laughs) Um, you can tell there was a there was a couple moments where nadal was serving and he has his routine for Uh. uh you guys that don't follow tennis he he's ocd bottom line he lines up his um water his juice a certain way Mm. If, if it's kicked, you can tell he'll get a little agitated. When mm-hmm. he serves, he has this routine. He fixes his hair, mm-hmm. right? He bounces the ball. For you ladies out there, um, he tugs on his rear end real quick. Make sure that his uh, shorts are out of his... Uh, no wedgies. No wedgies out of there his... There we go. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he does that every single time he serves. Now, sometimes he may take over 30 seconds or not, mm-hmm. but this time it was about 25 and mm-hmm. he got, bam, he got deducted real quick. Man. So I'm actually surprised that he did mm. uh, chair that match. Yeah. But going to the third set, you tell me about this. Well, let's so, talk about something here. Okay. We go into this match. Um, what is our mentality as far as the performance of Nadal versus Djokovic in general? What are we expecting in this match prior to seeing the okay, scoreline? Yeah, prior, I was expecting a big Nadal performance. Uh-huh. Uh, Djokovic, he wanted it too. Obviously, yeah. they're tied in uh, uh, Masters 1000s, uh-huh. so he wanted it too. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, you can, you can expect a big match. Between the two of these players, one set was dropped all the way to this final. Um, between the two of these players, only one of them has looked consistently solid this clay season as far as possibly – Winning all three. Only one of them looked like they could have won all three tournaments. Um, But on the flip side, Nadal was on an actual rampage in this tournament specifically. So for me, in my head, I'm thinking the only person who could put out this fire on earth right now is Novak Djokovic. That's it. So going into this match, I'm thinking, okay, Djokovic is going to have to be a fireman. 
because there's a big fire in front of him right now, and it doesn't want to stop burning. Um, this match, for me, was a large indicator of what we were going to see at the French. Um, these are, no matter who you are, no matter who you're favoring, these are two of your top three picks to win the French Open. Um, the other one probably being Dominic Team, you know. So, you know, I, I go into this... Not, I don't really have a horse in the race here. You know, I, I like them for different things. Um, I like Novak's game. I like Nadal's game. I kind of like Novak's a little more, but I favor Nadal on clay. So I personally was expecting maybe like two tie breaks and then maybe Nadal pulls it out by one break in the third kind of thing. What happens in the first set of this? Nadal blew him out. 6-0. Donut, bagel, name your favorite breakfast food because he gave it to him. He fed him. A bagel. 6-0. I don't think I've ever seen Novak get bageled like that when he's mm-hmm. actually playing in decent form. Mm-hmm. That was insanity. And I felt a bit of poetry for what Djokovic did to Nadal earlier this year. Yeah, Australian. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. Get him back. <laughs> so uh, then uh, second set comes around. In my head, once you get bageled, it's over. You know, like not for Djokovic, though. Djokovic does take the second set by one break, 6-4. And then we go into the third set. What were you going to ask me? Okay, this is my point. Yeah. A lot of analysts said Nadal didn't beat him because Djokovic looked tired. Mm-hmm. He did look tired in the third set. Uh-huh. But at the same time, he did win the second set 6-4. Yeah. So what energy is he saving? Yeah. Or, so my question to you is, was Djokovic tired or did Nadal straight out beat him? I think Nadal wore him down. Um, they they had the same amount of potential court time in this tournament. You can't hold it against me that you couldn't clean up fast enough. You can't blame me that you're the one out of the two of us who dropped a set during these draws. That's not my fault. We both played a doubleheader. We both were the top two seeds. We both played on the same courts. I don't feel bad for Djokovic. And this is coming from someone who doesn't favor either one. You got beat. You got ran. You got ran hard on the clay by the best clay court player in history. Novak, you got beat fair and square. No excuses. You're one of the most fit people in tennis. No, that's not the reason you lost. As you stated, is he lacking the steroid in that match? Or? No, I think that the juice doesn't actually provide cardio. I, I think see. that's what it is. I, I think I think the anabolic Adderall that uh, Novak takes, it provides premium ball strike ability and focus and concentration. Ah, is that it? But that cardio, though. <laughs> no, no cardio. No cardio, though. Okay. Now, we saw how off balance Djokovic was. Yes, we if did. If you really saw the match, you can tell he was completely off balance. Yeah. Was that him being tired again, or was Nadal's shots too heavy? Um, I want to say it was a mix of both. I think that um, as uh, Djokovic does tend to get more fatigued, we start seeing him taking those stretch swings and those lunge swings a little more, that lean-back army swing he does. I think you see a lot less of that when he first comes out fresh. Djokovic needs a good draw at the French, and he just needs to spend less time on the court for them to have a different outcome. But Nadal played better. Yes, I agree. Now the top five seeds for the French Open is going to be Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, Team, and Zverev still has a chance. Oh! Now, this is pretty uh, cool of him. 
after he lost in uh, Italy, mm-hmm. he took a wild card into a 250 event to try to keep playing, trying to fix this problem. Who? Zverev. He's a hard worker, man. So I hope he does come back. Zverev is the hardest working rookie out of all the rookies. And it's unfortunate that he's not the most talented one. Yes. Probably sissy pass. Yeah. But uh, I hope that he makes a deep run, maybe makes it to the quarters because that's where he will face a big seed. Yeah. But hopefully he gets his game back because he does uh, mix up the top three from always winning. Yeah. So hopefully he comes back. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, congrats once again to Nadal for his 6-0-4-6-6-1 victory over one of the best players in history, you know, and reestablishing his confidence. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, which one is Verven? Is it Lyon, Geneva? Do you know? It was one or the other. I really don't know. Because, oh, he's playing in Geneva. Let's see. The biggest seeds in that are Del Bonis. Albot, Stan Wawrinka. Okay, there we go. Big Stanimal. He uh, he already faced Ernest Golbis, and he beat him. So, yeah, he's doing all right. He's doing all right. You know what uh, was actually a pretty good first round was Nishioka versus Ernest Golbis in the first round of that tournament. And for those of you who don't know, Ernest Golbis is this uh, multimillionaire son who's just kind of on the tour because he's good at tennis and very unorthodox forehand he reaches into the sky right before he hits a ball off of his hip on his forehand and uh, he's just a funky player but um yeah Ernest Gobis won his first round then lost to Zverev 6261 right <laughs> out of here so uh, yeah we won't see Zverev play anyone of significance until he plays Del Bonus who is a good clay court player I think he's a lefty with a big serve I believe so yes um then yeah, from there, we won't see anyone. Stan Wawrinka already lost. So that was the, the only remaining big seed. Uh, I'm worried for Stanimal. Yeah, he's been struggling lately. Yeah. But uh, he's been winning two, three rounds here and there. Yeah. So he will maintain his ranking. Whether or not he'll go on deep is the question. <sighs> he's playing a lot of tournaments to get these points up. Right. And it's off of an injured body. So. Right. It's a double-edged sword playing that game that he's playing. But, you know, good luck to him. I'm a big fan of Stan, so. Yes. Uh, anything else uh, on the agenda? No. As far as uh, next week, the French Open starts on Sunday. Yep, starts Sunday. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, we'll come out with the draw and uh, women's and men's results. All right, we'll talk draw next week. Results. French Open. I'm looking forward to it. Do you have a who's winning the French? Are you, you're still in the dog guy, huh? Of course. All right, man. All right. And the women, I'm sticking with defending champion Simona Halep. Okay, I'm gonna um, go out on a very big limb here. Oh, I, I want to see a, a fresh-footed Sloane Stevens in the semifinals. That's my my call there. Okay. Sloan, you better get to the second week. All right. Outside of that, uh, this is the ATP podcast, Around the Post, episode number four. We will be back next week. Listenership of Spotify, we appreciate you. If you listen on Anchor, we really appreciate you because I know you didn't listen on Anchor before. So thanks for going there. And uh, outside of that, we're out of here. Hopefully we'll be on Apple soon.